I Welcome to the Bull and the Badger podcast, a podcast where, you know, we talk about mental health stuff and what is it? <laughs> I did not practice. <laughs> I did not refresh myself. A podcast where Asian American health and no, Asian American culture and mental health exist. No, intersect. <laughs> the only place where those two things exist. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> well, um, it is the Bull and the Badger podcast, except there's no badger. What? There's no badger. But there is there is the bull. That's me, April. And we do have John. Hello. This is our first podcast, Sans Vanessa. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am a little discombobulated. I don't know where I am. We're in a new location. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a new year. And uh, or at least it's the end of the same year. And uh, we've had beers. Yes. So all of those things together, um, this is going to be rough. <laughs> it's I hope, not going to be but rough. I hope it's still going to be It's going to be great. So John. Positivity. John, John. John, who's been on our podcast as a guest two times now. Um, we have our flow episode and we have our humble brag episode. Mm-hmm. You've also been our amazing um, award nominated <laughs> sound designer, not for our podcast, but for things <laughs> much larger than our podcast, such as fancy theater Whoa. things. Yeah, the, the right? potties are yet to come. Potties? The Is potties? that a good name for a podcast? <laughs> After I said it, I immediately regretted saying it. The potties. The potties. <laughs> That's I'm awesome. sure we'll be nominated for for coining that term. <laughs> it's gonna be great. So, John. Yes. Hello. I'm the bull. Vanessa's the badger. What are you? Oh my goodness! You did not ask I, me to think of something before I'm, that. I'm springing it on you now. Yeah, I feel like this it has... is one of many things that I have loaded. <laughs> oh no! I'm just gonna spring at you. I just want you to think on your feet. All right. Well, you're the bull, and Vanessa's the badger. So I feel like mine should start with a B. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the first thing that comes to my head. Better not be bear. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Have a little more like creativity. The first thing that came to my head was butterfly. (laughs) So I'm just going to stick with it. I like it. I like it much more than bear. Okay, great. The, the, the bull, the badger, and, and the, the butterfly. butterfly. B, B, and B. <laughs> we were just talking about Broad City, and that's how one of the characters talks about Bed Bath & Beyond, because she loves Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> she says, B, B, and B. Why, why does one love Bed Bath & Beyond? Why not? What's not to love about Bed Bath & Beyond? Uh, I always feel kind of uncomfortable when I'm in Bed Bath & Beyond. I know, it's Beyond. a little weird. It's always weird, isn't it's it? It's weird. Things are too high. They're really high, yeah. and it's really bright, Yeah. and I don't but like But they have a lot that. of great things that don't exist other places. Like what? Like the vertical tension rod shower caddy For, that I don't ever <laughs> stop talking about because of all the things that Ken has bought me 
that's the one thing that like has touched my heart. Like I love it. Wait, does that mean that it like wedges itself between the floor and the ceiling? Yeah. Or the you know the edge of your your bathtub. So it's like a, a pole yeah, it's that a goes pole, up and down. And then there are baskets. What? Down. And so like you know. Really? You and you to, like this thing. It's amazing. Huh. It's so amazing that I was really sad that we couldn't put it in our new home because the ceilings are slanted and so it just wouldn't you know like yeah. wedge in there yeah and so i was like trying to think of all these other things i could do with it because i didn't want it to like go to waste because i loved it so much you could put like spices on it in the kitchen that's what i was thinking in the middle but of the it's kitchen. like a little ugly a pole just randomly <laughs> there in the middle of your house yes i think it it begs more questions than it than it solves problems exactly. uh congratulations by the way on your new home yes thank you that was not a thing the last time no lots of changes have been um happening but i kind of want to um yeah i don't know whatever cool. oh yeah speaking of changes um i have a story that leads into the topic cool what's our topic today's discussion today's topic is vulnerability oh. Uh, <laughs> let's just moan <laughs> to cover up the sound <laughs> i'm i'm moaning to cover up the sound of my fear <laughs> is it working <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, great stuff guys great stuff vanessa's gonna love this yeah did you, you used to listen to um <laughs> this is not my story. You used to listen to uh, Love Line, yes? Yes, every night when K-R-O-Q. I was in high school. K-R-O-Q. On the K-R-O-Q. With uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla yes, back in the day. I did. So I remember when, um, I think it was when Dr. Drew had left. Like right when he had left. And then like mm-hmm. someone else was sort of like. Yeah, that, that was weird. But I remember thinking like Adam Carolla, who's like, you know, he's so like. I don't know how you'd explain him, but just Adam Carolla. And he would always, he would always reference Dr. Drew and how awesome he was and how he'd know how to handle this question and all that stuff. And like, he's like, oh, Drew's just so good at this, just so good at this and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of how I feel with Vanessa's so Van- you know, not being on Vanessa's this your Dr. Drew. Yes, Vanessa's Dr. Drew. And I'm whoever that other guy was. Yeah. You're the nameless Great. oaf who came along and <laughs> filled a void. Sounds about right. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Anyway, so back to vulnerability. My story um, happens uh, to entail one of the big changes that's happened since we recorded our last episode. What was even going on in our lives? All right. I'm digressing too much. So, as you know, I recently got married. Yay. About, like, uh, two months ago, it was. Mm and um talk about vulnerability um it's hard to know what that is until you're standing in front of your family and all of your friends <laughs> and confessing your love yeah. to the person you've chosen to share your life with forever. i was there i witnessed this yeah, very event you were could you feel the vulnerability no you seemed very self-possessed you were kind of quiet yeah yeah but I, I didn't, I, I thought, I thought that it was very nice. I wasn't, I didn't feel nervous for you in that moment as I feared that I would. Really? Knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because like, you know, 
for those of you who have planned and had a wedding, like it's just like a mad dash to the finish and it's all about the details and, you know, the timing and everything falling into place correctly and having, have everyone having a good time and, you know, the guests showing up and no extra guests showing up and all this stuff that, you know, the real meaning of the wedding kind of like falls by the wayside. Now, you know, it wasn't until that night that I lay in bed totally uh, unable to sleep because I had so much adrenaline coursing through my body. And I just kept saying to myself, like, I shouldn't have done this. Not like I shouldn't have <laughs> married, you know, my husband, but like I shouldn't have had this wedding because it was just too much. Like it was too much of me, like, you know, laying my like emotions, like raw and bare in front of everyone in my life. And like, there's, there's this feeling of like recoiling from yourself, you know, mm. like it was just too much. There's too much of me out there. Now I have to like, you know, hibernate for six months to like gain my <laughs> sense of control back or whatever. And so, um, but you know, a couple months after that now, like when I think about it, I don't regret it. And not only do I not regret it, but I also think what happened was what, what should have happened is exactly what happened, which is that you know, we stood in front of our loved ones and we told each, we told them why we wanted to marry one another, mm -hmm. you know, in mm -hmm. a very plain and very uh, truthful and like a heart filled, you know. Yeah. 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 I guess, um, I guess the thing that a wedding usually is that a lot of aspects of our life are not is that it's not snarky or right. ironic right i mean some some weddings some are wedding some are. weddings, wedding. but, <laughs> but yours was not you know and i think it would have been weird if it was yeah you know I mean, just i mean with you and ken it would have been weird yeah um and that's that's it's interesting how like uncommon that is now Cause I, I think that people tend to well, put on a good show, you know, of and course. like have good laughs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which I think is definitely something that I always want to do. I always want people to be having a good time and entertain. But I also thought and read on the Internet <laughs> 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 that, you know, this is the time to be vulnerable. Yes. You know, this is the time to, you know, really say what's in your heart without having to cover it up with with jokes or, you know. You're so quirky, and this is how I love you because you're so quirky. Right, you know? uh huh, uh -huh. Being on, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt after the fact that that was a, a valuable thing. Yeah. Yeah. I really do because, um, you know, a lot of my family or my family hadn't really met him a whole lot or hadn't, like, interacted with him a whole lot. Mm -hmm. My friends re interacted with him even less. Like, we're kind of a very insular couple. <laughs> And so, you know, a lot of these people had no idea who this person was sitting, standing across from me, you know? And so it was really nice to be like, this is what you mean to me, you know, and why, why I want to spend my life with you. And, yeah. and in one foul swoop, you know, like. It was kind most... of a mass update. Yeah, exactly. A very, <laughs> a very heavy and deeply sincere mass update. Right. Yeah. And like. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of straying far away from vulnerability and just talking about weddings, but like it is, it's such a cool thing to like see yourself really like surrounded by 
the people who you love in one place at one time. Like I remember just kind of like turning, it was a little overwhelming, but you know, (laughs) turning one way and being, I love that person. And then turning another way and like, I love that person. Like I really love these people in my life, you know? And, um, it was just nice. I mean, I don't think that does stray very far away from vulnerability because I think that, I think that when you're able to do that and not be completely paralyzed with fear, it's because you trust them and you 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 don't feel vulnerable. Like the, the your ability to feel uncomfortable or not or not uncomfortable in that moment is really a, a measure of how vulnerable you feel in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that I think that being surrounded by people you love or having people who you love in your life, like it takes a lot of vulnerability to to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And and whether you're okay with that vulnerability kind of dictates how you're going to react in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful that you were able to gather together a room full of people uh, that you could stand in front of and say these things out loud right. and not be a total wreck because right. I, don't, I don't know if I know that many people in my life, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know. It was... Um... And you did kind of feel like a total wreck afterwards. I did, yeah, you know, and immediately after the ceremony itself like going into the reception i had all we had a couple other speeches planned that like we just i just cut oh really i was like that was too much like i can't put myself again like out there like Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. i can't do it if there's one thing i i uh regret about how it went i wish that i had not done that Hmm. i wish that i had like stayed a little more open, you mm-hmm. know, because that time goes by so quickly and that's never going to happen again, you know? Yeah. You don't, won't have that forum <clears throat> again, really. Yeah. But, you know, it happened <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful and, and everyone was, was lovely. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Did you, do you feel like there was a point after the wedding where you turned a corner and on, on your perception of how it went? Was there like a moment or did it just kind of gradually as a week or two went by, you just felt a little less anxious. I think just now. Just right now? Just sitting like at this at table this right now? <laughs> as I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, no, just now, like maybe in the past like week or two where I'm like, it all the uh, all the puzzle pieces came together in my head of like why, why we did this mm-hmm. and why, how important it was and, you know, what it meant and stuff like that. <clears throat> That's so funny. It it kind of makes me think of the things that we do and we don't know why we do them, you know, yeah. like get getting married. Like, why do we do it? Did, did you, did you feel like as you were going through preparing it, inviting everyone and organizing the venue, did you feel like you weren't exactly sure why you were doing it except that you wanted to be married to Ken and this is what you have to do to be married to Ken? No, I mean, you know, there's so many different ways to have a wedding and, or at least to get married. And we, we, we debated whether or not we would have a small, like non-wedding, you know, just go Mm -hmm. to like city hall or whatever, Mm -hmm. or actually have a wedding. And we both decided that it was really important to, you know, be surrounded by our family and friends. Yeah. And so, I mean, we, we kind of had that thought, that thought, you know, to that sort of you know, shallow understanding of what that was. It's not shallow, but you know, it's like you just kind of plan something, not knowing what it, why mm-hmm. um, exactly. Why not knowing why exactly. And then the, the meaning of it became apparent after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so interesting. That's kind of how I felt about going to college. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure why I was doing it. I didn't even have a lot of confidence in my major, which yeah. was drama. Yeah. And that's why I didn't have a lot of confidence in my major. <laughs> Uh, and just now, sitting at this table. Just now, <laughs> sitting at this table, I feel like it all means something now. <laughs> well, I've I've always felt that I've always felt privileged that I was able to go to college, and I've always and I, and and the meaning of it did become apparent afterwards when I realized that I could think about things in a way that I probably wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't been surrounded by people who were like and also unlike me in that environment. Where the whole reason that you're there is to have those experiences, right. you know. I I didn't use a whole lot of what I actually learned in classes, but the the social, not even the social networks, but the social experiences that I had there are what like drives my life now and my career now. Mm -hmm. So it was it was it was a great experience that I didn't know why I was doing right it while I was doing it. Yeah, yeah. I feel that way too about college. Like <clears throat> you really realize like you know, meeting different kinds of people. Oh yeah, this is what I got out of this experience. Mm -hmm. You know, not that that's the only way to come across that, but I think it just fostered that environment fosters that kind of like uh, way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking specifically of like liberal arts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel vulnerable while you were in college? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not driving the ship, John. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. I wanted to ask you, since I sprung this topic on you, what were your feelings and first reactions when you thought about vulnerability? Oh, my first reactions? Mm -hmm. Well, my first reactions... Uh, hmm. well, my first reactions were, my first reaction was, I have a lot of experience <laughs> in being vulnerable. Um, and, uh, well, I don't know if we want to get into this in the podcast or not, but I, I got, I, my first reaction, because you asked me this last week and today is November 20th as we're recording. Um, I, I, I felt like I was still in shock over the election mm. and I don't know if we want to talk about that in the Why podcast not? or not. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so, some, some, some podcasts prefer to be a politics free zone for whatever reason. But like when, what, after, after the election happened and, uh, and Donald Trump was her president elect, I felt devastated. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I needed, I, I didn't understand what was happening mm -hmm. in the moment. It, I was, I was playing board games and everything was great. <laughs> You in your happy place? <laughs> I was, I was totally in my happy place, and um, and we were playing a game, <laughs> and I was I was feeling totally safe, mm -hmm. and then uh, the the this one guy at the table started like checking his phone, and he was like, "Whoa, what's happening?" And I was like, "I don't want to know what's happening." What time was that? It was like, uh, it was like seven thirty, mm. and then that's when I started looking too. Yeah. 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 Because all of a sudden, you know, people started freaking out and, and then he, he was just looking at his phone while we were trying to play this very intense game. And, uh, the, um, 
a board game and this <laughs> and uh and he just kept looking at his phone and he was announcing these states that were going for that were going for trump mm-hmm. and we were just like stop stop looking at your phone <laughs> and he was getting more agitated like visibly agitated uh-huh. as it was happening and he was getting really snippy in the game mm-hmm. and it was he was like we're like you're ruining this for everyone please stop mm-hmm. and he he wouldn't stop and then we finally like beat this really difficult scenario in this cooperative game we were playing mm-hmm. And then we put the last piece down and we're like, awesome. And he's like, Trump's the president now. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, oh, I guess, okay, I guess we won't take a second to cheer. (laughs) And then, and then we were all just in shell shock. There were four of us at the table and we all, we're all just kind of staring distantly into space. And, and what time was that? Uh, that was like at eleven thirty. or It it really was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was decided by then, like, you, you know. Um, votes wise, mm-hmm. electoral college wise, and uh, and then I dropped him off at home mm-hmm. and woke up the next morning and I just felt super like I left my body. I've been telling people like it felt like I had just broken up with someone. Yeah, because I I felt that sense of of loss <laughs> and emptiness, and I just felt like I didn't understand things that I thought that I understood before. Yeah. And that lack of understanding and that lack of control made me feel super vulnerable in that moment. And yeah. I felt like I was on the verge of tears all day. Yeah. It was crazy. I didn't think that I would yeah. feel that upset. Well, I, that's not true because I didn't even consider what would happen mm-hmm. if Trump had gotten elected because I didn't think it was possible. Right. So I had not prepared myself for that event. Right. And then it happened. And, and I, I was surprised at my reaction and I was also just completely unable to function. I yeah. wanted to call into work that day. I know a lot of people did in California. Yeah. <laughs> and But I didn't. I couldn't. So I was there, but I was just barely there. Yeah. And it took me a couple of days to kind of bring myself back to um, a state of basic function. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still kind of feeling vulnerable and scared right. in, in a way that I was not expecting to feel this month. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm same. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. I, um, I voted really late. I voted at like 7.30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the time I went to bed around like 9.30, it was pretty clear what was going to happen. And I was really upset and yeah. I couldn't go to bed because I started like panicking. Yeah. And um, Ken, of course, was like, we did what we could. And then like, rolled <laughs> over and fell asleep. I was oh so god. mad at him. Oh my god! <laughs> so mad at him that uh-huh. I was, I was kind of like shoving him in bed, like oh, wow. when he was sleeping, uh-huh. like wake up, you know. And then like I was so upset that I just went downstairs and I slept on the couch. And he came down and talked to me, and I was like, "Let me tell you some things, okay? Let me tell you some things about this country." <laughs> and then he was like, "All right." So then he eventually went upstairs and slept, and I actually slept really well because there were no dogs on the bed or the couch. But um. But yeah, the next day, like, um, I had to like step outside of work and like walk around like the building to cry a little bit yeah. because obviously I didn't want to be like unprofessional and like carry yeah. eyed at work and stuff. And, um, but it was also good because like, you know, there are people there who kind of like validated how I was feeling, you know, which is like you said, it was like a breakup or it's like, it's like you have, you know, a spouse who you're going to, you know, um, live the rest of your life with and they love you and you love them. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they divorce you and tell you they never loved you in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, this country that I love 
actually doesn't really love me, you know? <laughs> yeah. This country that I love doesn't really love my parents, yeah. you know? And this country that my parents, you know, worked so hard um, as, a, as citizens in, you know, they would have hoped that there would have been some progress in that time. Yeah. And, and it seems like there isn't. Yeah, it, it, it does, it does feel that way certainly right now. And that's a really, that's a really hard realization. Like that's really, it, it makes you question everything that you thought was real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, nah, that's, it's, it's really rough. Um, it's going to be okay. Yeah, it'll be okay eventually. I had a really intense discussion with a friend last night. And we got into some pretty <laughs> bad worst case scenarios, but I don't know. Who knows? It's 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 just impossible to know how it's going to be right now. And what's important to remember is that it feels like because because Donald Trump was elected president, it feels like it's a validation of all the things that he said, right. which were super anti-immigrant and super anti-non-white. You know, but. The thing is, it didn't sound that way to everyone, mm-hmm. and those are the people who voted for him. Mm-hmm. And the people who heard it, some of them didn't believe him, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't take him at face value. So it it it's not that the country actually feels that way necessarily. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there are people who do, mm-hmm. and there are people who are really excited about putting forth a lot of really bad policies um, that would uh, fit into that view of the world. But it's not actually the majority of people. It's 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 first of all, it's not the majority of individuals in the United States. Right. And second of all, it's not like the the direst of messages of Donald Trump. It doesn't reflect the view of most people. Mm-hmm. And so it, this this is not it's not actually a country that hates immigrants and hates people who are immigrants. It's not. It's it's not mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it it just it feels that way, and that's it it makes you feel very uncomfortable walking around i remember the next day after the election my friend uh saw in the bur- uh, parking lot of a burger king a couple of uh like mid late 20s hipster looking people like with donald trump hats on mm-hmm. eating a burger in the car mm-hmm. and it was very strange mm-hmm. it's like after the election a lot of people kind of came out of the woodwork and were and felt comfortable right in a way that they didn't feel comfortable in california before like saying what they really felt about things Mm -hmm. so and so that can be kind of scary Mm -hmm. when you when you realize that oh my goodness we're surrounded (laughs) (laughs) well i live in orange county so oh so you're always surrounded anyway (laughs) (laughs) i know it's funny like my sister is like i don't know anyone who i work with who voted for trump and i'm like meh it's like 50-50 where I live. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So it's funny because like I felt like a lot of people who worked in a lot of different areas could commiserate at work. Whereas for us, it was funny because it was completely silent. No one said anything. Like you huh, just yeah. could not. That's really interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I also work in Orange County in Costa Mesa. And uh, oh, oh, my situation was I was teaching a class, as mm-hmm. I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, the class is uh populated with people from all over the place it so happened to be that that class was mostly people from california um but there are a couple people from people from dallas texas in there Mm -hmm. and 
and my coworker got in first and some people were walking in students and they were saying, man, what happened? Like the guy who walked in first is actually from India. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and and my coworker's like, yeah, I know, I know. And then someone else walked in and he was like, can you believe it? And then my coworker had to be like, look, I, I, it's not that I don't want to talk about it because I desperately do, but uh, it's not appropriate. We don't know how people feel. We got people from all over yeah. in this class and you can't. And then, and then the rest of the day, I got there after that point. And the rest of the day, it just went along like nothing had happened at all, mm-hmm. which was also crazy making to me. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have been spent a little time during the day commiserating a bit mm-hmm. because that would have made me feel more sane. Right. But I felt very insane in that moment, mm-hmm. very, very alone in the thoughts that I had in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, very vulnerable, <laughs> very, very vulnerable because I, because I felt alone right. and I felt like, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't voice what was inside of me, uh-huh. you know? And it, it made me, I felt like, I felt like if I did, then I would be in danger. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever feel like that. Right. I don't ever feel like I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did that day. <laughs> and that was really special. I know. I went to a, like Stater Brothers later that week. And I remember walking around and like, this is totally um, stereotyping. But like, I was like, I wonder if people are going to say mean things to me right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> you're thinking, you're thinking of the jingle brothers. in the heartland <laughs> Stater brothers. I did not <laughs> know that jingle. You did it. I didn't remember it. until. <laughs> do you remember it now? <laughs> yes, I do. If you had remembered it in the moment, would you've gone in there? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's also a, a terrible stereotype of course i'm sure i'm sure just because you work your shop in stater brothers doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean anything about you but, but, but it just means you like good deals okay and you like paying less than like other ralphs <laughs> okay or pavilions okay i don't know anything about stater brothers i'm glad i'm glad that you're the bull and badger podcast is now sponsored by stater brothers <laughs> And, and Bath and Beyond. And Trump University. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can totally relate to that. And I don't know. I, I try and I, I just don't think about politics a lot because it like I, I get very um, I get very emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody so, does. Politics is innately emotional. Yeah. And so like it's like painful and I don't really like to think about it too much they know that in my head I like, get a little carried away about it mm. and also like I picked we had a man we had like a knockdown drag out fight about it who at the Bellatro Carruthers homestead oh really um he he's just not very political um and so uh <laughs> it just it's it's like a one-sided fight you know and you're then, just like, punching I him just, and punching like, him I just and like he's... rile him up until he gets like really mad and then like you know, <laughs> I like insult him, you know, in oh, various ways. And then he got really mad. And then suddenly he's sleeping in his car and I'm like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so that's where, that's how, that's where, that's the level of where things go. When oh, I like no. start to Sounds... talk and feel about politics and stuff. And so yeah. I just, um, try not to get too much into that space, but how could we not? I mean, everyone was getting like that, you know, everyone was thinking that it was the end of the world either way. 
Yes, yes. I, I and I think that that is something about this election that is is one of the many things about it that's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. It's just how how big everything got and how big everything felt and it, it was how how big and um, portentous yeah. for the future of the country. Um, yeah, I. I, I honestly never thought in a million years that it would turn out the way that it did. Yeah. And so I didn't take it seriously. Not, not that I didn't vote or I didn't act or I didn't like make my uh, very loud opinions heard. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't feel like it could ever happen. You know, it's funny. I was listening to um, NPR and it was after the election. And then like it was like <laughs> if you talk to a black person, they're like, yeah, what else do you think was going to happen? Of yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. It's interesting. Like, there are yeah. many people who like, yeah, this was obvious. Like this is the country that we live in. Yeah. It is racist. It is misogynist. Oh, <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, from like, that point of view. <laughs> oh, interesting. Like, did yeah. you think that that those words weren't going to strike a chord in people? And like, you know, did you not know the country that we were living in? Yeah. You know? Like it's sad to think about it that way, like I wonder, I wonder if black people in California felt that way or if it's a California bubble thing. I don't know. Let's change the subject. So that was last time I felt really vulnerable. And um, let's see, did I feel more vulnerable, like as vulnerable as that before that moment? Uh, not in the same way, necessarily. Do you like to feel vulnerable? Mm, yes, I think it's important in the things that I do to feel vulnerable. And actually, I've, I've had a really hard time with vulnerability lately. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, I've kind of just as a person have felt like I haven't been able to to access that mm-hmm. feeling of vulnerability, which is a feeling of, uh, of fear mm-hmm. and a feeling of access mm-hmm. to things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had kind of a weird mental block about that for the past couple of years, which is really strange because I've been, I feel like I've been pretty productive in the last couple of years or I've been doing things that where I, it would really re- require me to, um, to be able to access that stuff because I make music for plays um, and and writing writing music and being able to create a thing that lines up with the emotional content of a story like that requires a lot of vulnerability you need mm-hmm. to be able to like to empathize with uh, a story a plight of another mm-hmm. and you need to be able to translate that into something mm-hmm. whether it's music or a set or a picture or anything. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you need to be able to go there and feel it. And oftentimes if you're not able to, um, to access that part of you, you don't, you, you come out with something that is untrue and fabricated as opposed to created from a place of reality. What do you think? Do you, have you had any thoughts of like the reason behind your sort of like problem accessing that lately? Hmm. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't. I. I. I wish that I did, because then maybe I could do something about it. Well, I actually did some homework, not on you and your life, but 
on um, the topic of vulnerability. Um, I watched last night that TED Talk. It's a pretty famous TED Talk um, by Brene Brown, who is a researcher um, in social sciences. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell I'm so sure. I'm glad you did your homework. <laughs> and um, the topic was vulnerability mm-hmm. and, you know, how we have to be vulnerable <laughs> in order to connect with others, which is the reason that we exist on this earth. Um, and so, um, one of the interesting points that she, uh, brought up was that like, you know, one thing that, that increases our isolation and, um, prevents, uh, vulnerability and connection is the fact that we numb ourselves, you know, in a variety of different ways. And apparently, you know, um, we are the most in debt, obese, like addicted, like generation or whatever. She said cohort because she's an academic, but, um, Uh because, you know, those are the ways we spend money and we, you know, like eat and have unhealthy lifestyles and are, have various addictions in order to numb the feeling of vulnerability Hmm. of like laying yourself bare. Like we don't want other people to see who we are because we're ashamed, Hmm. you know? And so we cover it up with all these other different things. Um, <laughs> because we're ashamed. Yeah. Huh. So I was kind of like, I had all these deep thoughts on vulnerability on Friday and then I completely forgot about them <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> I remember driving down the street. I'm like, yeah, yeah, deep thoughts, vulnerability. But I kind of remember it's not going to sound as good as it did okay. in my head on that day. But my feeling was in order to connect with another human being, you have to see yourself first. Yes. And you have to, number one, see yourself, and number two, prevent yourself from recoiling away. Hmm. Like, do you ever do this thing where, like, sometimes I'll remember something that was really embarrassing Ugh. from, like, my childhood, uh-huh. and then I'll make this, like, involuntary, like, sound to sort oh, of, like, interrupt it? I feel like I did that two days ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I go, <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of breaks that thought, and yeah. then, like, I, you know. That's what it does. It erases that moment yeah. of you reliving that other moment yeah. in your head. But it's stuff from, like, last week or when I was 10 years old, you know? Like, yes, yes. Like, yes. as embarrassing. Like, this thing that that is still causing me to recoil from myself. Mm-hmm. That part of me that I don't, that I'm so embarrassed by, you mm-hmm, know? And mm-hmm. that I don't want other people to see. Even myself. Like, I don't want myself to see that. You know, like, I can, I can show some vulnerability to people, but I don't. There's certain things that are just so, for whatever reason, embarrassing. You yeah, know? yeah. So, do you feel like that uh, reaction of going, Ugh! And then forgetting it yeah. is an act of numbing. I don't think it's numbing. I think it's it's like just like a, a involuntary thing that happens. Yeah, but you're also kind of jettisoning the thought from your psyche. Yeah, in, in the only way you know how, which is to make a crazy sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something's like da da da. Like the sounds are varied and they're <laughs> but they're all crazy. They're all crazy. Like I'm going pop. <laughs> <laughs> It, was, it especially happens in the shower because you can't look at your phone in the shower, you know, uh-huh. like you can't look at <laughs> something that will take you away from yourself yeah. when you're in the Talk shower. Yeah, about numbing. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay, so okay, so if that is a reaction. Well, that's, so so my number thing is like you have to see yourself. Okay. Your whole self. Uh-huh. Not recoil away yes. from those parts that are embarrassing to you and accept those parts yeah. as part of your whole. 
because my feeling is if you don't do those things, if you're not yourself with who you are, you can't be yourself with others. And it's like, um, it's like having two pieces that fit together, except you've put this third thing on top that you think looks better, but it won't fit. And so there's no way that you can connect, you know, like, like you have like two Lego pieces and then you kind of like put this, like, this is a horrible analogy. <laughs> you have two Lego pieces that interlock, except you've put, I don't know, something pretty on top of it, hmm. you know? And so it looks nice, mm-hmm. but there's no way that those two pieces can connect mm-hmm. because it's not real. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not real, but it's not complete, mm-hmm. you know? And so I kind of feel like an asshole saying this, but like <laughs> after I was watching um, th- that, that Brene Brown t- TED talk, I was like, yeah, duh. Hmm. Like this is how I live my life every day. Hmm. I, I have to show people who I am and I have to fully understand who someone is. And only when that happens is when I am friends with that person. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if we're still in the small talk phase where no one's giving anything deeper about themselves, mm-hmm. then I'll see you later. You yeah, know, you like, can't stand small talk. You have no patience for it at all. Like, yeah, well, it's not just small talk. It's like... Um, I mean, yeah, I guess essentially it is small talk, but it's like if neither of us, if you're not giving me anything, Mm -hmm. then there's nothing for me to latch on to. And therefore, I really have no interest in this human interaction. I've always thought that was a very interesting thing about you because so many people need small talk as a way to interact with a human being Mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily trust yet. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was so interesting that you don't seem to care about whether or not someone is worthy of your trust. You just kind of want to just go there and find out, you know, which I would, I would, which strikes me as a very, a very brave thing. Mm-hmm. Most people would not be able to do that because they would need some modicum of, of, uh, uh just BS basically right. <laughs> before they can get into the really deep stuff. Right. You know, do you see that as a, a brave thing about yourself? No, I think that people, uh, I think people speak different languages. Mm. Um, and some people are, some people probably communicate a lot um, non-verbally with this small talk, you know, and they evaluate each oh, other and they kind of yeah. like, are you on, are you in my fraternity? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, are, you, yeah. are you of my people? We're trying to identify each other's tribes. Right, exactly. Whereas for me, like, yeah, the sort of nonverbal is a big part of it, but it also, like, I'm a very verbal person. And yeah. So, and, you know, just let's get to it, you know, like, yeah, let's yeah, just get yeah. there. And, and the people who I feel the closest to um, are the people who are kind of crazy like me and just uh, have, you know, few boundaries and just kind of like vomit their feelings and emotions in a way that like I get along with, you know, that in a way that is complimentary toward me. And like, I just feel like they're the realist, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like I can think of a handful of people that I'm like, I love them because they're just like, they're so them like, and they just inhabit who they are. Yeah. And like, you know, people might not like it and, and, and not, um, you know, be friends with them or be in their lives, but then other people do. And you kind of just find your own tribe, 
find the person who speaks the same language that you do, you know? And luckily it so happens that the language that I speak happens to promote connection, you know? It happens to promote like intimacy and like getting to know one another in like a real substantial way. Has that ever backfired on you? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Sometimes like it's like I'll lock in with someone and then that person who I did not know as well as I should have, mm-hmm. um, just, it just, uh, completely backfires because of something that came to light maybe in your second or third or fourth conversation or yeah, even something like that. I mean, like maybe a month or two down the line uh-huh. or whatever that maybe this person wasn't as stable as, um, I would assume that they would be. And then our relationship has gotten too intense mm. and, this person doesn't handle it very well. Yeah. And I have to unfortunately cut it off. And do you, when that happens, do you feel hurt? No, I just think about what I could have done better. Hmm. Um, I think that I, I probably wanted to go there too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably made a lot of promises, um, hmm. that I shouldn't have. And so I think I set myself up for that person to become too attached too quickly. Um, and um, it's interesting. I mean, okay, so that so in See, that so, so sorry, no, uh, I have a thought. <laughs> it's not it's not a perfect science. Sure, of course. You have to fail sometimes. Yes. You know, and I was th- I think that I'm right now like, it's hard to even quantify, but most of the times, connecting, being vulnerable, showing my weaknesses, you know, acknowledging other people's weaknesses and praising those weaknesses as as being uniquely them, mm-hmm. what makes them special. Um, it works 80% of the time, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I, I find that I don't like most people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it sounds like you got a better batting average than I do. I, I, I feel like I am not that way at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am not uh, me as a person. I'm not one. I'm not one to emphasize my weaknesses to people. Um, I will be very self-deprecating, but I don't think that's the same thing. That's almost an armor in of a, in and of, in, what is it? In and of itself. In and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Because you're, you're passing it off like a joke. Right. And you don't, it's easy to say you didn't mean it. Whereas when you speak to someone about the real shit, like you mean it, you know, mm-hmm. it's very different. Right. Yeah. I don't, when, when do I do that? I do, I do very much enjoy doing that when I do it, but I feel like I, I, I feel like I have to vet people before I'm, I'm willing to go there with them. I don't think that you have to, no one has to live their lives in a certain way, but sometimes we run up against, we run up against like blind spots or difficulties in our life and that like with other people. Mm-hmm. And then that I think is a time when we evaluate oh, you know, maybe that kind of like, um, interaction serves other kinds of relationships, but this particular relationship requires a little bit more thought, you know, a little more deliberateness in how I approach this or whatever. But you feel that way with all relationships, you personally, you know, um, I hate this. I'm like, oh, well, no, they're married <laughs> for two months now. But, um, and it's hard. It's like, if I, if I'm that vulnerable with everybody else, what am I saving 
for the person who I'm most vulnerable with. You have to save something, do you? Um, it's not that I have to, but I think that I think that we are very good in that there is a like a lot of you know me being raw and whatever. It's still it's still a little polished just because you know I want to be a functioning human being in of course, society. Of course, yeah. you know. Whereas with him, like no, like <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, like it is one hundred percent. You know. Um, unfiltered crazy directed completely at him, you know? And so, and because he can deal with that and because he knows and he, he understands what it is. I think that that's sort of what sets our relationship apart from the other, you know, very deep comfort, deep relationships I have hmm. and friendships, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. 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 Hmm. Like that is like, if, if, if my friends see 80, 80, 85% of me, you know, that's still a lot. Uh, that y- yes. See. That's, that's yeah. more than most people show to people. And he sees like 98% of me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. the parts that I wouldn't want to show my friends because that's kind of not cool. You know? <laughs> it sounds like Ken is a very patient man. He's a very patient man. <laughs> <laughs> and so. But so, okay. So, but you, so sorry, that's your, so you acknowledge that you do save something for him, right? Not on purpose. Not on purpose? It just comes out. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you, you, you share, you share something with him. Uh, of yourself that you don't share with other people in your life. You, right. you said you felt anxiety that you don't do that. That don't do what? You don't share. You, 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 if you're just, you're just open with everybody. No, I don't think that there's anxiety. I think that there's sort of a danger there. You know, I think that there's such thing as um, emotionally kind of cheating on your mate. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's a real thing. Yes. And that's definitely um, a danger poses a danger, you know, to relationships and stuff. And so I'm happy that it turns out that at least for now, like he's still getting, you know, he's still, he's still got that special treatment. (laughs) But you feel like that's something that you need to be vigilant about. No, no, it just happens to. Yeah. I mean, I don't, because because I haven't come across something that has worried me or something. You haven't like been tested. That. Yeah, like I feel like I've been able to um, sort of self police without really noticing that I'm self policing, you know. Um, and I don't know. It's just how it's worked out, also, which I think is nice. Hmm. Just have to be so deliberate about it. Yeah, I've always I've always valued in my relationships that connection that like exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think that it might have a disproportionate, um, uh, uh, value for me because I am so not that way with most people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so your gap is 85 to 98%. Mine is like 30 to 40% to 98%, you know? And so then that, that means that, that means that that is, is really the only way that I'm able to do it. You know, and there are a couple of people with whom I'm like 80%, yeah. 85%, yeah. but not many. Uh-huh. And so, and so that, 
I, I feel like maybe that puts undue pressure on someone that for that, for them to be like the only person or one of like two people in the world, right. two, three people in the world with whom you can be that way. What does what that vulnerability consist of for you? For me? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Is it vulnerability? It's what it is, is it's, is it's, I, I'm able to talk to them about things that I wouldn't tell other people mm -hmm. because I'm afraid that I'll be judged mm -hmm. that I'm, and I'm afraid that I'll, uh, that, that, um, that they'll betray me, that the other person will betray me with their <laughs> thoughts that I don't agree with, mm -hmm. you know, and that I'll feel like, um, I don't know. It's like not betrayed, maybe betrayed is not the right word, but disappointed, I guess. Like I don't get into that stuff with most people because I don't want to hear what they think about that stuff. And it doesn't really matter in the end. I can have a civil conversation with someone and have an interact, a social interaction with someone that serves a purpose or has some value to me in my life. But it doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be like real in the way that, that you value all conversations as being. And I like, if I can have that real conversation with a few people in my life, then that's enough for me. And I don't, and I feel like for me, there's a high bar for that. Mm -hmm. And I, and not many people are willing to go there mm -hmm. and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, it just means that I, I don't even try with most people. Um, and then if, when I'm, when I, when I find someone with whom I really want to get in there with, with those conversations, then, um, it means that, uh, it means that I'm willing to say anything. And I'm willing to be judged in that way. And I'm open to their opinions, you know, and their judgment. And I'm willing to like accept it as opposed to just throw, just tossing it off as something a crazy person thinks. Can you give me like an example or two about like a topic that, for instance, you could broach with someone like that? Oh, well, geez, lately it's been politics. <laughs> Is there anything else? that I could think of offhand. Um, mm, I, I, I guess a lot of it is introspection and, and revealing fears about myself to someone else and re revealing those, those cracks. And you wouldn't want to reveal that to just anybody because you feel like they would exploit you or maybe validate those worries. I, I would, I would, I would, I would fear that they would exploit me and I would fear that they would validate them in an unkind way or in a way that, um, that they would hurt your feelings. They would hurt my feelings. Yeah. 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 That they, that they would, they behave in, in without regard to my feelings right. or to my well being. Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like if once I understand someone and they understand me, then it's less easy for someone to say something that would hurt me because they would know what hurts me. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. and it would it's less likely that it would be their intent to hurt me. Not that I feel like many people I run into in my everyday life are out to hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I people can say things in a nonchalant way and you can be received by me mm -hmm. in a very nonchalant manner. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, people, I, I do this all the time. I say things um, like your, like your career or like, is that like a topic that? Uh, those things? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah my, my career is always on the table as a topic of, of, 
a discussion that could possibly wound me. Mm. I don't have a lot of confidence in my career because it's it it doesn't provide a lot of security and we as a culture value security above a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I often feel that I'm being, I've, I've, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, mm-hmm. about how doing what I do, uh, I sometimes feel is selfish because I get to express myself in a way that I want to. And the, uh, the price I pay for that is not being able to, I don't know, it's not living up to some ideal that is someone else's ideal. You know, and it, and, and, and I internalize that. Like you think it should be more like, um, altruistic in some way or no, I feel like just like productive. Yeah. Productive. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the way that I, I feel like the, the way that I conduct my life is kind of altruistic. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I do care very much about helping people. And I think that the things that I do do that. But I know that not everyone sees it that way. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess altruistic is the thing because I feel like I feel often feel challenged about the about the value of what I do, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it's it's easier for me to just say, oh, they don't get it, mm-hmm. than it is for me to to confront someone who like I've placed my trust in and it's like, Oh, this person gets it. And then they tell me something that's very counter to my core values. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Do you ever get to the point where it's like, they don't get it and that's okay. As long as I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's how I feel about most people, but those are the people with whom I only share like 20 to 40% of myself. No, but even if those, even if no one like that existed, Oh, if there's no one in the world that was like, could you understand that it's okay that you get it? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think that I could because the the things that I do are innately social and community based. Mm -hmm. And so if there's no community, there's no point, you know, and that's part of, you know, the very, the very modest altruistic part of the thing that I do. Like if I'm not serving anyone, if no one feels there's value in anything that I do, then there is no value. Mm -hmm. It can't be just me. Otherwise it's, it's, it's worthless. know all of your cracks so that later i can you can exploit me (laughs) (laughs) all right so career uh which is also tied into money so um let's see that's a thing uh male privilege is a thing uh i think about that a lot uh and, and related to that is is the ways that i benefit from other people in ways that I either don't appreciate or don't, or am not even aware of, mm-hmm. uh, those haunt my dreams at night. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like it would be very easy for an angry person to just rip into me and make me feel like shit. And so I, I feel protective of that. Do you feel like you're like a little animal, like trying to put on like armor and like protect yourself from people who are going to yeah. exploit your worst feelings yeah. about yourself? I do feel like that. Do you feel like that? No. <laughs> you don't feel like an animal? No, because I do it to myself enough. <clears throat> and my experiences, excuse me, <coughs> with other human beings is that they don't confirm my feelings about myself. And so hmm. I kind of have to, it's, it's helped a lot to sort of put that out there. 
for other people to see so that, um, and that's not why I do it, you know, but it just so happens as a byproduct to be like, oh, it's actually okay. Hmm. And that's because your experience is the opposite of, of what you would fear would happen, which right. is that people would, of, of what I fear would happen. Right. Which is that people would just make me feel like shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, and, 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 and that feeling that you have or the, those experiences that you have are a direct product of you putting yourself out there. Yeah. And like building a world around myself in which like, I'm not surrounded by a bunch of assholes. You know what I mean? Like, um, my existence is in, it's not a bubble, but I mean, we all have our bubbles, you know, yeah, we all have our social sure. circles and our, our work, um, environments and whatnot. And, and, um, all those things have been fairly positive and, and supportive. Um, and what's funny is sometimes like I'll return home, which is a ultimately positive and supportive place, but like, you know, there will be little cracks here and there of, of, um, things I'll notice like looks that I'll get, you know, from my parents or something like, of like that. Like disapproval? Uh, or like disappointment or whatever. And of course they never say that and they would never let on that that's what that was. Mm -hmm. But like, I'll see it and that will hurt so much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, okay, you know, like, That's right. really interesting because I feel like I've never had to deal with that mm -hmm. except with my dad in high school. Uh -huh. But now we're cool. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but they've, my parents have always been super supportive, even, even though my life is crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's great. So where's the feeling, where's the fear of like where you have to hide? Well, see, that's what I'm getting at because, yeah. because if I didn't have that, maybe I would have had to confront it more. And, okay. and once you've confronted it and you're not dead, uh -huh. you realize it's not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And maybe then you are stronger. So you think that. it's just sort of like not a figment of your imagination, but it's not rooted in something that's actually happened where that comes from or. No, it's happened. Uh -huh. It's, it's happened for sure, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to mean anything. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't maybe mean as much to you as it does to me. And maybe that is a product of the fact that you have had to confront it in a way that I have not, mm -hmm. um, which is, means that you're winning. <laughs> I'm winning, <laughs> winning. I don't know. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to bring up was like the idea of sort of like, um, being who you are like 100% and, and mm. acknowledging that and being cool with that is I don't know if you know people like this, but I know a couple people and maybe it's the fact that I'm a woman, you know, women too. What am I saying? Um, I know a few, a, a few women who, <laughs> who, and, and they're my friends. And so I say this with love and concern, um, <laughs> which is, there, there, there's like a type, like, you know, the more people you get to know, I feel the more like, um, you tend to see types of people. Uh -huh. And that was certainly true when I was dating. Oh boy. Types. They're always fun to be like, Oh yeah, you remind me of this person. Cause you're exactly the same. Oh, <laughs> and all of your horribleness is exactly the same. Anyway. So I don't ever want to, <laughs> uh, sounds awful. So I have a couple people in my life who, um, they want to, and I think that they're most of the time 
um, successful at exuding this image of, oh, I'm cool, you know, totally laid back, like, whatever, it's fine, whatever you want to do, I'm totally cool with that, and, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, everything, I have this wonderful life, and, you know, it's cool. The amount of stress and uh, pressure, like, it's like, to me, when I look at them, I think of, like, a pressure cooker. Like, I think of the amount of, of, I don't know what that goes into, like, forcing you inwardly to, like, um, quell and quiet the, like, crazy voices and anxieties that everyone has, but for some reason they don't think it's nice to show other people and to just, like, push it all in and then, like, present this, like, beautiful false exterior uh-huh. you know like of oh totally laid back you know whatever i'm cool but like you know underneath it all that is the complete opposite of who you really are and the fact that you're trying so hard to exude that that image of yourself is is what makes it, it even it's it fills up that that space with that anxiety and that desperation to be put together you know, do you feel that? The, like so that's the, what you see. Little teapot, you know, let the steam out yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Let it out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one's gonna hate you for it. So you see a pressure cooker. Yeah. Do you feel like that's what other people see too, or do you feel like most people do not see that? I feel like most people don't see that. Most people see a serene individual who's got it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I see clouds of like like thunder and lightning (laughs) wow yeah that's that's really interesting and sometimes and but and and what i feel is like oh i it's uncomfortable like i wish that that these people could just like let it out a little bit and be like you know showing your weakness is not going to be the end of the world like i promise like i promise that you'll live another day yeah. And it'll actually probably feel a little bit better. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the key to a lot of mental health mm-hmm. is that we're, we we set up these blockades between uh, ourselves and um, a, a more healthy way of outlook mm-hmm. uh, because we think we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really, it feels like those are the stakes. Uh-huh. And it's never, those are never the stakes. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Little, little pressure cookers walking around. I, I know, I know some pressure cookers. Yeah. I know, I yeah, I, I know, I know a pressure cooker, and I and I know, I know that she has a lot of deep unrest mm-hmm. that she doesn't allow herself to address unless she's alone and not busy. Mm-hmm. So she stays busy, you know. Yeah, and I I don't envy that position. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's rough. It's a rough way to go about it. Do you think that, so your advice for that person would be to be a little crazier? I don't, have any, I don't have any advice for that person. You know, it just kind of makes me sad. And sometimes like when I hang out with those people, like I try to like access, you know, kind of like those crazy things. And then we have a laugh and I hope that they feel a little better for a little bit, you know? And I hope that they have enough of that in their lives that they can 
you throw them a release valve and hope yeah. that they use it. Yeah. Yeah. And they hope that other people exist in their lives that do that for them too. You know, well, it's a hard headspace to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, I mean, I think that, I think that when you're there, you feel very alone. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's can be a very despairing place to be mm -hmm. because you, you feel like you can't share that burden with anybody mm -hmm. and you can't let it out or let anyone see it. So that's rough. So like Asian Americans, <laughs> I had to remind myself what this podcast was about. <laughs> Good on you for bringing it back to mental health. <laughs> Good. That's what the butterfly does. <laughs> Flapping it on back. It back. <laughs> Flapping it on back on topic. Yeah. <laughs> So do you, do you, do you feel like, um, do you feel like Asian Americans are in a, in a, in a particularly, uh, are, are particularly at risk to pretending that everything's fine? Oh yeah. Yeah. Obviously. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not even acknowledging things that are wrong, you know? And when things go wrong, it's like, it is the end of the world. Um, for a long time I lived that way feeling like. You know, you had to put a facade up or like a B in a class or like um, mm. it felt like it was the end of the world. And I extrapolated yeah. every every failure, quote unquote failure into how my life would end because of that. You know, yeah, um, if I got like, I think that's something that was her name. Christina Wong said in her podcast, like if I got like a B or whatever, like I would die. Yes, you know? yes, yes, and yes. And for me, it wasn't so much that I would die. My parents' shame would be my death. Yeah. And my horrible homeless future would, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. that's what a be in algebra meant to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is of course. that I would be homeless and yeah. that my parents would be ashamed of me. I wonder if that's a weird thought for most people. Because that doesn't sound weird to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it does. Because yeah. we're all alive and, you know, we're adults. Right. But, I mean, the, the feeling of that in high school is mm -hmm. very familiar to me. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how other people feel. It's interesting. I don't know. Cause I also went to very Asian American high school yeah. and I am, uh, am myself Asian American, but right. I'm also fourth generation. So <laughs> I had to get a lot of it through osmosis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's funny when you said B, I was, I was confused. I thought you were doing a metaphor about bugs or something. <laughs> you were saying B and I was like Why was I saying B? Oh a B in, in a algebra. B in algebra and I was like like what would a B <laughs> why would a B be taking algebra? This is a really deep That's a setup for a far side comic. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and so, so should we sh no go ahead. So I'm I'm wondering like I want to relate that to vulnerability though. Okay. Like does that so, so if you, if, if you're afraid of revealing things about yourself or of, of failing, then like, does that mean that, because is, is failure, failure is vulnerability, right? But like being in a compromised position of having failed, like you don't ever want to do that or you'll just die. Like it's like vulnerability equals death, the end. Right. And Which that, evolutionarily, like, Sure. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it does make sense evolutionarily. Is that why we feel that way? 
No, because there's some primal Asianness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is so good, John. <laughs> yes, it's very good. Isn't it good? It's Isn't very it good. Saying a lot of like things that like should have been said like ten years ago. I feel that way. Yeah. It, well, the thing that it does for me is it. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's what you just said, but also it makes me feel like there are, are things that are said and points of view that are expressed in that show that I'm surprised that I'm surprised to be seeing. It makes you realize uh, the dearth of that point of view that has been in popular culture until right. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very good. It's, it's very subversive because it's like on its face, it's, it's a ridiculous premise, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's got all these crazy songs and it's so, uh, you know, shiny and poppy. But it's very subversive. Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. Zadie Smith, the writer, just praised it. Yeah. Who? Zadie Smith. I don't know her. She's like um, she's like a fancy New Yorker writer. She's okay. Like well, great. Way to go, Liberally. <laughs> Good job. Thanks for making me feel shitty. Thanks for exploiting my fear. I've only read like one unread. short story of hers, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I kind of had to remind myself who that was. But she really liked it, too. Um, God, it's just so good. And I'm so happy that it exists because it talks about exactly this. Like you gotta be, you gotta be okay with who you are. Like you just do for yourself. Yeah. Which is the opposite of so, of like so much other media. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's not about who you are. It's about what you buy and how you portray yourself and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, yeah. I guess the other thing that is striking about that show is the way that it makes you realize how conditioned you are to feel certain things Mm -hmm. and that it is conditioning. It's not innate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. (laughs) Well, it, makes me, oh, 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 it makes me feel uncomfortable so I make I make uncomfortable noises was to, that one to, of your noises it was put, uh, uh, putting the thought out of my head so I don't feel this way anymore at this moment Jeez. sometimes it's like but a lot yeah. of times it's like a yeah yeah like, I do that a lot the the uh. <laughs> Can we each share so, one of those stupid, inconsequential moments that we're still so embarrassed by that we have to do that? I wish I could remember. What was the one that I was just thinking a couple days ago that made me go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was something sexist or racist that I said to someone. Really? Yes, absolutely. Because I made, I was, I thought I was making such a great point and it was from a, a it was from a position of complete ignorance I thought that I knew this person's plight uh-huh. and I was like, well, obviously it's this, this, this. And the, and, and I, it was just a lot it's, of assumptions. It's not, it's just a lot of assumptions. It's not, it's not, it's not fun to talk about it in that abstract way, but what was it? Uh! <laughs> 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 and, and sometimes it's something like, oh, well, okay. I mean, it's so stupid, but I was, uh, I, I work at Nickelodeon animation studio sometimes. And so, I would, uh, me, uh, my coworker and I were like, uh, well, my boss and I were talking to, uh, to this person who works there, uh, whose name is Avery is not Avery, but I'm going to say Avery. (laughs) So we were talking to Avery Uh and, and she, she was talking about, so, uh, uh, some, uh, footage that came in that we had to process. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think Avery sent that to me a couple days ago. 
and Avery was like, uh, <laughs> and I looked down at her, her badge that she was wearing yeah. with her name on it that said Avery. And I was like, I've never met Avery before. And this is Avery. <laughs> and I was like, and I tried to spin out of it. I was trying to be like, yeah, yeah. You said that a couple days ago. <laughs> That's what she called gaslighting guys. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, okay. And then we left and, and my boss is like, that was very embarrassing. I was like, I am very embarrassed and he will not let me live it down. He brings it up all the time. See, so when you think about it, you go, Ugh. every time I see that person, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. hello, hi Avery, hi Avery. <laughs> All right, lay one on me. Okay, so then the fifth grade. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're really no, no, doing no. it. No, no, no. This is actually the seventh grade. Seventh grade, I went to, um, you know, those um, Washington, D.C. trips? Yeah. So Valley Forge? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Washington, D.C. Did you see the cherry blossoms? No. <laughs> we saw Jamestown. Uh-huh. No, Williamsburg. Williamsburg, was? where they yeah. do the, they dress up and they yeah, react. and then we went to the um, Smithsonian. That yes. Yep. Yep. Okay, so that was where, and that was so where. we were staying in a hotel, and of course, like you know, we're all split up. So like boys, um, you know, there are probably like uh, less than twenty kids on that trip, and so then like of course like, you know, boys aren't really supposed to go to the girls' rooms and vice versa, and um, oh, hotel rooms. Yeah, hotel rooms, and I think that we had wanted to play cards or something with yeah. like the boys, and so. It just so happened. Why do I still remember this? <sighs> so then, <laughs> so then, like, it just so happened that when one of two of the teachers, one or two of the teachers who were chaperoning, were in a room and talking to us in that girls' room, one of the boys called on the phone from mm-hmm. their room, mm-hmm. and so I answered it, uh-huh. and then I was like, you know, panicking because like, oh no, no, we're not supposed to like let on that we're gonna like you know whatever in each other's rooms play cards, very innocent middle school um and so then i try to play it cool and pretend like i was talking to another one of the teachers instead of the you know the yeah. boy who was calling oh. just so that like they i would throw them off yeah you know yeah, yeah. i don't even know what happened after that <laughs> but just that me trying to be like trying to like you know get around it and try to be like smart or uh-huh. whatever like to this day, when I think about it, I'm like, Ugh. Really? Yeah. Were you successful? Did you trick the teacher? I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. It probably didn't even matter. Oh, it wow. It did not even matter. That's so funny. And I think it's because we think we're being cool in the moment. Like, uh, we think that we're totally able to handle this when it is, we're complete failures. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad. Uh, I guess, do you think that there's a common thread of like, of like feeling that you're one way? And this goes back to my reaction after the election, like feeling that the world is one way and that I'm so cool. I'm just gliding through it and it's all good. And then later you realize how very wrong you were. (laughs) And that makes everything that you ever thought to be real. Yeah. uh, You know, it, it puts everything in question. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have no ground to stand on. So you have to build a. A platform out of noises. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that you don't fall into a deep Grunts abyss of despair. And squeaks. 
That's going to be the name of my memoir. Gre- Grunts, Grunts and Squeaks. Squeaks. <laughs> a Life by April Bellaccio. <laughs> the audiobook is so much better. <laughs> you have to hear the author read it. It really adds a dimension that you don't get from reading it on the page. Oh, vulnerability. So did we do it? I think so. Do you feel like you learned? Do you feel like this is a value-added conversation? Do you feel like other people For, will have learned something? I th- yes. Other people have learned that they're not alone in their grunts and squeaks. <laughs> they're not alone in their feeling that they're going to die if I'm they crying. fail. <laughs> grunts and squeaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel better. I feel better... Uh, uh, confronting the fact that I am not going to die, you know, even though I feel like I'm going to, if I fail or, or, or reveal a piece of myself that, it, that I'm not comfortable revealing, you know? Yeah, sure. I don't, the if, older will I, I get, that the lesson? more stuff gets uncovered that I need, that is like, you need to be ashamed of this. <laughs> but I'm just like, all right. All right. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we'll I'll deal with it. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad that your life is a progressive journey of humiliation. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope that this was helpful for you. Yay. Yay. We help people. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Just, I hope that you think of us every time you grunt or squeak in (laughs) self-revulsion. That's what we should should call this episode. Self-revulsion. Self-revulsion. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Self-revulsion and Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Way to peter out. I know. (laughs) Great, great ending. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Love ya. Have you ever said love you before? No. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, I'm like, ugh. <laughs>